0: and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 16 and I have two spooky stories for you today and story number 1 comes from Caitlin I've always loved all things paranormal and I've always been open to paranormal experiences despite how much it scares me at bedtime To this day, as a grown woman, I cannot tell ghost stories or watch a scary movie without being scared in my bed at night Perhaps this first story may be the reason why When I was a little girl about six or seven sleeping in my parents' bed was not uncommon. My sister was two years older than me and she too would sleep in their room at night if something scared her. She, like myself, also loves all things paranormal and we would always put on ghost hunters or a scary ghost show that would scare us when we were trying to fall asleep at night. Luckily for us our parents were very loving and always had their door open for one of us to sneak in if needed. Sleeping with my parents was the safest place in the world. Nothing bad or scary could happen when I was with them and I slept soundly. Our house is not old by any means. If I remember correctly, it was built in the 90s and I truly do not think that it is haunted. But several strange occurrences have made me believe that maybe something was passing through. This specific occurrence happened around 2007. Now, as I stated before, my parents slept with their door open and on this particular night, for whatever reason, I was sleeping in bed with them. Another strange thing about this night is that normally when I would sleep with them, I would sleep in the middle, but this night, and only this night, I slept on the right side of the bed closest to the doorway. Our house is not old, but it would still creak, especially in the upstairs. When you live in a house long enough, you memorise the sounds and know what sound is coming from where, so I knew one creak from the other. Our stairs creaked the most, and at the top of the stairs by my parents' and my sister's bedroom. There were creaks that just happened every now and then for no apparent reason, and there were creaks that occurred when pressure was applied, like someone stepping on it. On the night that this happened, I'd woken up after being asleep for some time, and I could tell that both my mom and dad were still asleep as well. As I sat there wide awake for whatever reason, I started listening to the natural creaks my house made. My stairs were making their normal creaking noises that they normally would until they weren't. The normal creaks that came from my stairs started to sound like the creaks that would occur when pressure was applied like someone was walking up them. I listened more closely and whatever or whoever it was was moving slowly. I could hear each individual step creak one at a time. This scared me badly As a child, my first instinct was not that there was an intruder, especially being a child who had a love for the paranormal. My first instinct was that it was a ghost trying to scare me. I closed my eyes as tightly as I could and did not make a sound, my heart beating fast. I waited for what felt like forever and finally mustered the strength to open my eyes. Once I opened my eyes, standing in my parents doorway was the figure of a man he was not facing me or looking at me, but facing towards my bathroom and my bedroom. He was tall, and I remember thinking he had a very similar figure to my grandpa. He had a bad posture and a little hump back, and just stood there as if he was catching his breath after walking up the stairs. He was not dark, but he wasn't glowing either. He was a yellowish-whitish figure, and I could not make out any distinct features other than his height and posture. I've had sleep paralysis many times and this was not it. I know I was awake and could move because I just hid myself under the covers. I watched as he stood there, my heart beating so fast. I was absolutely terrified. He then started walking towards my bedroom and I watched as his figure slowly disappeared the closer he got to my room. I do not remember what I did next, but I do remember the next morning I was eating breakfast with my mom And I had read in a scary storybook from my school library that if you tell a bad dream before breakfast, it'll come true. So I sat there and watched my mom eat her breakfast, and as soon as she took her last bite, I told her the story. I could understand how it must feel hearing your daughter say, ''I saw a tall, scary man in your doorway last night.'' Being an adult, her first instinct was to lecture me and ensure I know that if I see a man in our house, I must wake them up as it could be someone dangerous.'' I told her that I could tell it wasn't a real man and she told me that it was okay and it was probably my eyes playing tricks on me. To this day, I can picture the man clear as day in my mind and I know what I saw. This next story takes place while my family was on vacation in southwestern Minnesota. We are originally from Minnesota but love taking trips around the state because of the vast history it has to offer. On this particular vacation, we were in Murray County and there was not much to do. So one evening after having dinner my parents decided to take me and my two other siblings to do some sightseeing in the area. We were driving around pulling into stops that had historical landmarks or signs when we came upon a graveyard. It was located in a place called Slaughter Slough and this graveyard held the bodies of the colonisers who were killed in the Dakota Native American Battle of 1862. This was a bloody and horrible massacre and we were right in the graveyard of the victims. My dad parked his truck that he had bought brand new in the 90s. It was the early 2000s at this point and we all piled out to have a look around. My dad told my mom he had to go to the restroom and as we were miles away from town and there was no bathrooms, he went back into the woods to find a bush to go on. My siblings and I decided to have a look around and as I was four at the time, I was just having fun exploring. We were surrounded on one side by cornfields and the other by a pea farm and were literally in the middle of nowhere. Since it was after dinner and starting to get dark, my dad came back and we all got back into the truck to head back to the place we were staying. My dad mentioned that while he was peeing in the bush, he looked down and realized he was peeing on a gravestone he completely missed due to the overgrown nature of the graveyard. Yikes, I know. Since we were in a small two-door pickup, it was the three of us crammed in the back and my mom in the passenger seat and my dad driving. My dad had bought this truck brand new a couple of years ago and had no issues with it ever. He goes to start the truck and nothing, it won't start. We'd been driving this truck around all vacation and have had no issues and he knows we're not out of gas because he checked before we came here. He tried again and no luck. He looks at my mom and I remember her looking at him very concerned. It was starting to get dark and we were stuck in a graveyard in the middle of nowhere between farm fields we were scared. My siblings and I started to freak out a little as does my dad. At this time in the early 2000s smartphones were not a thing but my mom did have a flip phone with her and my dad had his work phone in the glove box in case of emergency. My mom pulled out her phone to dial for help and she had no signal. My dad pulled out his work phone and turned it on, no signal. Now we were all freaking out. My dad gets out and messes under the hood of the car and tries one more time to start it. No luck. My dad starts making plans to walk into town by himself which is a good couple of miles away to get help. But he also feels that he cannot leave my mom here alone with 3 young children under the age of 8. I remember they started to solidify the plan of having my brother walk with my dad and my sister and I stay here with my mom when my dad decided to give it one more try. He went out and stood outside for a minute. It was almost completely dark at this time. From inside the car we were all watching him in anticipation and fear as none of us wanted to do what we are going to have to do if this truck doesn't start. He didn't even open the hood of the car to look. Instead, threw his hand out to his side and yelled as sincerely as possible, I'm sorry. What is crazy to me is that to this day I can see the image of him in front of the car throwing his hands up but none of us could ever hear what he said until he told us. He got back into the car, put his keys in the ignition and started the car. We all screamed with joy as our car that was nowhere near working earlier had now magically started with no issue whatsoever. My mom looked at her phone and showed my dad her screen. I have service. And my dad looked back at his phone and said, so do I, let's get the fuck out of here. We left safely and never went back. Of all the ghost stories I have, this one is by far my favourite. Because all five of us can vouch that it did happen. We were all there and experienced it. And all of us remember this story over 15 years later. Imagine they let us children read those kinds of books. You know, a book that tells you if you talk about your dreams before you have breakfast, it's going to come true. Like, Imagine as a child you wake up after having this horrendous dream and you're like, I can't tell anybody about this before breakfast or else it's going to happen. This dream has the potential to become a reality. Why do we do this to children? I can just picture you sitting at the breakfast table, staring at your mom, waiting for her to finish the last bite of her breakfast. And then you're like, something happened last night. I had this really bad dream, blah, 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 as soon as she's finished. Also, God help your mom for, you know, she's just finishing her breakfast and her daughter's like, "Mom, there was a, there was a man standing in the doorway last night. I'm like, oh no, no, don't do this. There wasn't, we haven't, the day hasn't even begun. The day has not even begun and you're telling me about a man standing in the doorway. And and you know what? Please be a ghost because that will make things a lot easier. Didn't we have a story recently about the perils of weeing on a gravestone or was it an altar? I think it might have been an altar, but that person got a big swollen penis. So you, your dad needs to count himself lucky that it was just the car breaking down and he didn't end up with a big swollen penis. And story number two comes from Grace. I wanted to tell you about my experiences at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. The hotel Stephen King had his nightmare in and came up with the inspiration for The Shining. My husband took me for my birthday about the same time you were hunting Nessie. My mother-in-law even bought me a ticket to go on the ghost tour at night. Now I was excited but absolutely did not have any expectations about seeing ghosts. I invited my grandpa who has passed away to come with me because we were close in life and I thought he would enjoy seeing another part of the country. The air is thin and the foundation is made of limestone but I don't think that explains what happened while in line to check in. I was standing there not really minding my own business because I'm a people watcher and all of a sudden a wave hit me. It felt like pure energy pushing right through me. I felt like I rocked back on my feet. I got very dizzy and nauseous and just like that it was sort of gone. There was still a lot of energy around but I was able to act normal. It's a small thing but only the first thing. Just in general the lobby had way too much energy it was palpable. It was a busy weekend but it wasn't just too many people in the room it was just too much energy. Grandpa was with me all weekend long. I could feel him in the lobby. He was standing next to the fireplace leaning on his cane. He had polio twice as a child. I mention him because normally he does not come and talk to me in dreams and a couple of times he has it's been very quickly to say hello. But here in this place it was different. Here at the Stanley Hotel with the limestone foundation he was able to come to me with my favourite uncle in my dreams to show me that they were with me during the selling of our home and impending move. It gave me a sense of hopefulness during a time of great upset to me. I'd gone to the front desk to ask about something. It was quiet in the lobby. Between times of people leaving and people coming, as I stood alone at the desk waiting, someone walked up behind me, but way too close. And I was thinking maybe I'm just imagining it because why would this person be so close to me? It was then that I started to give the side eye to see who it was and all I could see was a white shadow and I realised it was not a person. The last thing I could do was turn around to fully catch this guy behind me, the weirdo. I turned around and there was no one behind me at all. From me to the front door there was no one there. And then I didn't feel a man behind me after that. The evening of the ghost tour came. The tour was overbooked, so the hostess was trying to get me to take a slightly later tour by telling me to come back 15 minutes later, but I am just too damn prompt for that. Our guide ended up being a medium. How lucky could I get? Now, I did not want any attention, so the things that happened to me were kept to myself until talking to my sceptic husband later. We went to the lodge, and the lodge is where the men would get together. The He-Man Woman Haters Club. We were in what used to be the library and the guide was going on and on about ghosts she has seen and showing us pictures that she has taken of ghosts. Out of nowhere I started to get very hot. The windows were closed. There was no air conditioning. Everyone must be hot, right? But then my heart starts racing and I'm struggling to breathe a bit. Sort of like a panic attack. Okay, so I was having a panic attack even though I wasn't anxious about anything, I guess. And then I got chills. I actually had goosebumps what the heck? So I don't know what that is but it was over so I thought there was some sort of explanation that I just wasn't coming up with. The guide was telling us about an evil entity that lived on the land and I was trying to listen and learn but these things kept happening that I had to try and debunk. I was looking at the guide and a wall sconce behind her started to flicker. I tried to get my husband to look but he didn't understand what I was saying. Normally I would think that I made that up, but another guest reacted to it as well. I know that light flickered, just that one, just that one time. I had hot flashes, rapid heart beating and chills two more times while in that room, and I was very glad to leave it. I did ask my hubby later that night if he was hot in that room, and he said no, he was comfortable, and he is always hot. It was an exhausting couple of days, and on the next day we had thunderstorms and I had a migraine. That was when I decided to maybe just close myself off and enjoy the last day of the trip. Like I said, I know it's a lot of little things, but I think they are significant because I went there open to any experience, but tried not to take anything as a ghost. This was not the first time I've gone to a place with openness and intention, and though scary, I would do it again. And I probably will somewhere else. I think we are much closer to the other side than we allow ourselves to believe. Okay, well, Grace, don't say that. Don't say that, Grace. Because, you know, I don't want to be close to either side. I want to be as far away from the other side as possible. I want to be so far away from the other side that I can't even see the other side. I kind of want to add the Stanley Hotel to my great American tour, which is getting bigger and bigger with every week that passes. I'm going to have to go to like every state by the end of this. But the Stanley Hotel just seems like a weird place. Like a weird place where weird shit happens. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's the limestone foundations like maybe it's the location I don't know but either way it's a strange place and people seem to have loads of strange instances when they go there particularly around energy and feelings and all that kind of stuff Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Caitlin and Grace for sending in your stories. Remember, if you'd like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content and every mini and main episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it, you're gonna scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.